You are listening to Reading Bitcoin Podcast. Simply reading aloud articles related to Bitcoin. No extra fluff. This podcast contains no advertisements. We are fully supported by donations from listeners like you. To donate, we proudly accept Bitcoin and Lightning boosts through any Value for Value Podcasting 2.0 app, or you can visit our website at readingbitcoinpodcast.com for more donation options. What quantum computers mean for Bitcoin's future? Will quantum computing be the end of Bitcoin? By Armin the Parman, July 20th, 2022, for BitcoinReserve.com. It often comes up as a lingering doubt, even amongst Bitcoiners, that quantum computers may pose a threat to Bitcoin one day. Even I had a fearful jolt when I first heard about it. But ever since, I have thought about this a lot and can break it down and explain why it won't be a problem. Everybody calm down. Quantum computing is not going to cause trouble for Bitcoin. I am going to skip over explaining what quantum computers are, partly because it's easy information to find, partly because it's just facts and doesn't require an opinion, and partly because I am not a quantum computer expert. My focus is on Bitcoin and what quantum computers can do to Bitcoin. For now, quantum computers can solve very specific problems very quickly. Problems that are created to showcase the power of the current state of quantum computers. But just like how someone with a photographic memory, a specific skill, is not necessarily highly skilled at creating music, so too it is with quantum computers. They are not good at being general computers, nor meant to be. We are many years away from that, if at all. There are two broad ways the development of quantum computers can go. One, quantum computers are designed in secret with progressive advancements made unknown to the public. Two, quantum computers are designed with public awareness. Progressive discoveries are published in scientific journals while the responsible scientists bask in glory and receive further funding investment to keep research going. This way, the stepwise progress to a quantum computer threat is observed by Bitcoin developers and anticipated. I would be more concerned about the first scenario, but note that it is also more unlikely than the other. As it goes against human nature and economics of progress, funding is required to keep the work going, and many people. If someone or some group creates a quantum computer, what could they do? It is not just Bitcoin that can be exploited but the whole world, all institutions, including banks, all encryption. Bitcoin in the long run will be safe even if attention is specifically turned to it with a secret quantum computer. Safe as in Bitcoin won't be stopped. It will be hurt, absolutely, potentially slowing down adoption, but Bitcoin is code, and code can be changed to resist new attacks. Bitcoin would get stronger. When Bitcoin is attacked, the most important thing to preserve is the distribution of coins, i.e. who owns what. If this is disrupted, going forward, as in the record is preserved and only new transactions are hampered, Bitcoin can adapt and recover. It may have to pause, get fixed, resist quantum computers with a new algorithm, and once designed, however long it takes, the ledger will continue from the point in time before it was disrupted. This is a huge nuisance but doesn't kill Bitcoin. It should also be considered just how unlikely it is for events to play out in this way. In the other scenario, 
where stepwise progress is made while the world observes. Bitcoin developers have plenty of time to upgrade the code in anticipation of a quantum computer powerful enough to create a disturbance. At the moment, more important work on Bitcoin is being done. But if there was a perceived threat, attention can be diverted. Although this is the more likely of the two scenarios, it is still incredibly unlikely to happen. What can quantum computers actually do to Bitcoin? I just discussed the two possible paths we may get to more advanced quantum computers. We'll now turn our attention to what quantum computers can potentially do to threaten Bitcoin, and I will address each in turn. Threat 1. ECDSA It is postulated that quantum computers may one day be sufficiently advanced that the elliptic curve digital signature algorithm, ECDSA, the cryptography behind securing Bitcoin private keys will be broken. This could lead to the security of everyone's Bitcoins being compromised, or it may only be the coins where the public key has been revealed. New methods resistant to quantum computers will have to be used. Once released, people would have to move their coins to new, more secure addresses. Lost coins and even Satoshi's coins may be up for grabs. This would increase the effective supply of Bitcoin. And yes, it would hurt the price in the medium term, but doesn't kill Bitcoin. Threat number two, SHA-256 mining risk. See my article on how SHA-256 and mining works. With a quantum computer, could the mining of Bitcoin be disrupted? Normally, mining is a brute force trial and error calculation attempting to find some text that makes the hash of the new block work and meet a target. Generally, the quantum computer's advantage over regular computers is related to its ability to calculate with minimal steps, not simply to be faster at calculating through the many steps normally required. It has no advantage in performing more attempts per second over any other computer. Rather, it's the efficiency in computing calculation. From analyzing what a secure hash algorithm does, going backwards is not something that can be calculated at all. So efficiency to calculate is unhelpful. With a hash, there is loss of data which cannot just be created from a clever calculation. For example, if every telephone book in the world and every language was combined and hashed, you would start with an enormous amount of data and end up only with a 64-digit hex number or 256-bit binary number. No computer, no matter how clever, can calculate and reproduce all of the telephone books from that small piece of information. It must guess, many times, very similar to what ASIC miners are doing now. ASICs are computers specifically designed to mine Bitcoin, which are much more efficient than regular computers. For a moment, let's allow our imaginations to run wild and accept that there is an unknown unknown, and quantum computers do gain such unexpected powers. Then what? an attacker may actually overpower the network with a quantum computer and can either 1. Earn income, the threat of which incentivizes others to invent quantum computers for the same purpose or try to damage Bitcoin. But Bitcoin mining is competitive. As computers get better, they can both attack or 2. Defend Bitcoin. The game theory that Bitcoin is designed around doesn't change just because computers get better. We have already seen this. Bitcoin used to be mined on personal computers, but then technology got better with the innovation of ASICs. 
Did this kill Bitcoin? No. It made Bitcoin even harder to attack, allowing the market to sort this out and let quantum computers fight as honest players is how the game theory predicts it will go. But there is also an up-the-sleeve option to change the proof-of-work algorithm to resist quantum computers. This would be a very last nuclear option. Modifying proof-of-work would cause a bit of a mess, no doubt, but it does not cause the death of Bitcoin. Remember, the purpose of Bitcoin is not to maintain proof-of-work mining in its current state for its own sake. It's the other way around. The purpose of proof-of-work is to defend Bitcoin. If this attack against mining is carried out, Bitcoin can, quote-unquote, cut its leg off, modify proof-of-work mining, to preserve its life, and carry on with an undamaged record of all transactions. Whether this is needed and or if Bitcoin returns to the original proof-of-work algorithm in the further future is unknowable. The point is, they are not threats to the idea of money with no rulers. Bitcoin will live. Now, I want to take a brief moment to thank our past and recent contributors to the show. I apologize for not mentioning past contributors to the previous episodes. We're now here at episode 15, and I hadn't acknowledged any of you guys. I wasn't exactly sure how to address contributors without adding too much extra fluff to the content of the show. But this short thank you segment is the result. Hopefully, everyone won't find this segment too obtrusive. But if you would allow me, I would just like to play a little catch up and thank all of our contributors um, to the previous episodes. So our top contributor, Vake, with a total of 3,505 sets collectively from all previous episodes. I greatly appreciate you, man. He's been religiously dumping in uh, sats on pretty much every show, everything from 333 to several thousand. So it's very much appreciated, especially in these uh, early stages of the show, to have somebody who's religiously contributing and, and showing his support back in return for that. Very much appreciated. Second, Joel W. with 1,518 sets. Likewise, he too has pretty much religiously been uh, contributing to the show. And Joel, I want to thank you as well for your contributions. Third, Zakamoto with 200 sets. And again, appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Um, And all of our conversations that you and I have had on Twitter has been great. So again, thank you all, fellas, for all of your help as well. Um, we have some Boostagram comments here. One from Berno, 100 sets. And he says, wonderful to relive the first steps of what was a newborn revolution. Uh, this was in reference to episode number eight, The Evolution of Bitcoin by Carl B. Menger. In that particular episode, it discusses some of the early um, contributors prior to Bitcoin that led up to the quote-unquote invention of Bitcoin itself. And I agree. I actually mentioned something about that on uh, Twitter myself, how it was actually pretty enjoyable to read that particular episode. It was nice. Carl has a pretty unique way of wording things. I enjoy reading a lot of his articles that he's put up on his Substack, which I uh, would encourage everyone to go read as well. I'll probably pretty much read everything that comes from Carl at some point. As, uh, as time goes. Next, we have Justin Schill. Hopefully, I'm reading these names right. He says, great idea for a podcast. Keep up the good work. This was on episode three, which was the uh, Bitcoin white, white paper. 
Thank you very much, Justin. Appreciate it, ma'am. And I absolutely will keep up the work on this uh, podcast. We'll keep it going. There's a lot of uh, things I got planned in the future here coming up pretty soon. Uh, some honorable mentions. We have Connor Chepenik with 100 sats. Leitao MD with 55. I Satoshi with you, 11. W. Doug Watson, 8. Ago Egren. Ago Engreza, 5. Turbusi, 3. Sats. And lots of other user accounts with random numbers, uh, probably fountain podcasting app uh, users. Guys, um, put a username in so I can uh, mention you without reading out a bunch of numbers. Appreciate all of your contributions. Thank you, thank you all so much. And like I mentioned before, I will be mentioning uh, contributions at the end of each episode. So feel free to drop some comments in any of the episodes that you like or enjoy. If you do not already have the Fountain app, I would highly suggest it or any other podcasting 2.0 app. What that does is allow you to not only earn Bitcoin while you're listening to podcasts, but also allow you to um, stream sats to your favorite content producers, but also um, send boostograms, which are just solid chunks of any amount that you wish and desire. A great way of integrating Bitcoin into podcasting, and uh, I think it's kind of the future, and I would hope that everyone else will be jumping on board. Any important links related to this episode, including the original article, plus links to the writer or writers, are found in the show notes. Reading Bitcoin Podcast is exclusively supported by donations from listeners like you. If you feel you have received any value from this podcast, we greatly appreciate any amount of contribution you feel it is worth. Even if you cannot donate, please consider sharing this podcast with others. You can donate via Boosts on a Podcasting 2.0 app, or you can visit our website at readingbitcoinpodcast.com for more donation options. If you have suggestions for articles we should consider reading for an upcoming episode, please contact us via our website, or we can be found on Twitter at Reading BTC. Thank you for listening to Reading Bitcoin Podcast. If you're not already, please subscribe and tell others. Mm-hmm.